Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell for your Wednesday morning. It is Wednesday, the 27th of September, 2023. Daniel Petgrew back with you for the next hour, broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. one 1170 our open line number. You can text 0457 736 736. That's all before breakfast with Vol. And James Magnuson this morning for listeners through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. And of course, Padden Hills coming up for listeners in Queensland. A lot to get through over the course of the next hour as we get to the middle of grand final week. Of course, the Dally M's tonight in the NRL. We'll have a chat about that. Uh, some more grand final news. The Wallabies news still circling as well. So plenty to get through over the course of the next hour. A bit of interesting news out of the Sydney Swans as well we'll get to. Maybe when we talk to Matty Cox, host of Tradies News in Melbourne. A bit of a mishap. It has to be said, a rather major one at their Mad Monday celebration. So we'll have a chat with Matty Cox in Melbourne in about 15 minutes. Not so much about that. We may touch on that, but also NRL, AFL Grand Final Weekend, whatever else we might uh, talk about in that little chat. And if you've got any questions for Matty, maybe tip, uh, asking your tip for AFL Grand Final Day, uh, you can text them in 0457 736 736 or 1300 But plenty to get through on this Wednesday morning. It is the middle of the week. It is two past five. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Yeah, except nothing less than Australia's best at installer Ream, Australia's favourite hot water. All right, at two past five, we are building towards grand final uh, weekend, Saturday AFL, Sunday NRL. So I thought today we'd go on a bit of a walk down memory lane. I want your great grand final moments. Uh, can be NRL, can be AFL, can be either, could be both if you want to give one of each. But your greatest grand final moments. Now, I would imagine for 90 to 95% of you would involve the team you support. But maybe there's something where you've watched another grand final that didn't involve your team, but you just admired what happened. It was still a great grand final. Um, I've got one. I won't tell you mine yet. That doesn't involve my team. I'll get to that towards the end of the show. But great grand final moments. The great grand final moments in history can maybe be an individual player's performance. It can be a last-minute victory. It can be a team performance. What has been your greatest grand final moments? And you can give me more than one if you want. 0457 736 736 or 1300 011170. Your great grand final moments. NRL, AFL from any year. Gone by. Happy to hear from you. 1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. Let's have a look at the news of the day. It's part of our Makita Power Play. Uh, don't forget the Makita XGT Experience Professional Cordless Power without limits. And we'll start with the Panthers and Jerome Luai, who we spoke about yesterday on the show, didn't we? About what's going to be happening with him. Um, and there was a, a bit of him on the news last night saying he doesn't want to think about what may happen after uh, the grand final and potentially is he going to stay at Penrith? Is he going to leave Penrith? It is all going to be very interesting uh, to see what happens. But away from that, he concedes uh, conceded that he and Brisbane Broncos sensation Reese Walsh may have been best mates had they played at the same club. Uh, he said, in a way, we're very similar. Payne Haas said that as well about us. Who knows? Maybe if we were in the same team, we would probably be best mates. But that is not how it goes. We have 80 minutes to go standing in the way of glory, so we are going to do what we can to win. We know Jerome Luai and Reese Walsh have quite literally butted heads already this year back in State of Origin 2. Um, 
Walsh uh, sent him a text message. Michelle Bishop spoke about this on the breakfast show in Sydney yesterday. Walsh actually sent him a text message um, after that. Um, and Walsh spoke about the message earlier this week, revealing his respect for Loi as a fellow father and competitor. The respect is mutual, although there will be no love lost on Sunday night at a core stadium. Luai said once he sent the message after Origin, I saw that he spoke about that. That was a pretty cool message to send. We spoke about what happens on the field, stays on the field type of thing, which is what it is about. Everyone has that competitor in them, which is why they are on the NRL stage. Um, very nice. I'm sure they'll be going at it on Sunday night at Homebush for the grand final between the Panthers and the Broncos. So the biggest rivalry is on the sporting field, um, and it could be head-to-head in a team sport. It could be an individual sport, like a tennis, golf. Um, biggest rivalries on a sporting field that you've seen. Doesn't just have to be rugby league. You can give me rugby league ones. There's plenty there. But the biggest rivalries on the sporting field by two athletes, uh, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Who are some of the biggest rivalries you've seen in your time watching sport in terms of individual athletes, either in a team sport, an individual sport? 1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. The NRL Grand Final is officially uh, sold out. No real surprise with this one. The last tickets were sold yesterday morning, making it one of the quickest and earliest sellouts in recent history. Uh, there were fears the game might not reach full ground capacity until later this week, uh, given there is only one Sydney team competing, but Broncos and Panthers have surged for tickets and a crowd of around 80,000 will cram a core stadium on Sunday night. Uh, most Broncos fans, and again, as I said on Monday, I'd love to hear from you if you are listening in Brisbane, if you're heading down to Sydney for the grand final, love to hear from you on the open line or on the text line. Would doubly love to hear from you if you're a Lions fan as well and doing the double. I'm sure there would be someone uh, in Brisbane, in Queensland, who is preparing in a couple of days' time to fly from Brisbane to Melbourne, Melbourne to Sydney. Uh, if you're doing that, I'd love to hear from you. But if you are just coming down to Sydney for the NRL grand final, I'm sure there'll be heaps of Brisbane fans there making the trip. Uh, we know Penrith held a fan day yesterday uh, with around five to 6,000 supporters attending uh, to cheer on them. Um, and the Broncos fans, we know, held a fan day on Monday to a pretty big crowd as well. So 80-odd thousand there at a core stadium on Sunday. No uh, real surprise about that at all. Uh, what would be more surprising if, the, if it wasn't sold out? The weather, though, still not looking great. 30, top of 34 degrees on Sunday. Um and not sure if I can get just yet what uh, it will be um, come kickoff. No, not yet. Probably will be in a couple of days' time. But if it's going to be 34, 35 degrees, I think 37 in Sydney's west, 7.30, we're probably still looking at maybe 27, 28 degrees. Um, going to be very interesting to see how that impacts um, what is going to happen on the field. Maybe not so much in the NRL game, but throughout the day. Uh, with the two other matches that are going to be played in the middle of the afternoon, basically. Said yesterday, Graham Mannersley said on Monday, there are avenues where they can delay matches, but I don't know for how long. So we'll keep an eye on that weather. And just speaking of the grand final as well, there's been a bit of talk about who is going to referee uh, the grand final. There was some speculation earlier on in the week that they were going to bring back Ashley Klein, even though he didn't referee in preliminary final weekend. That's not going to be happening. Sutton not there as well. Um, Adam G will be refereeing his grand final, his first grand final 
uh, on Sunday night. Um, he was pretty good last week in the preliminary final between the Panthers and the Storm. Um, so well done to him. Chris Sutton and David Munro have been named touch judges for the decider with Klein, the bunker official. Uh, so well done to uh, Adam G. I think that is the correct decision. Um, Graham Annesley said Adam thoroughly deserves his appointment to the grand final. Um, he has been a standout match official this season and has been incredibly consistent in 2023. And he's refereed 236 matches and his calm demeanor and strong work ethic a testament to that experience. We're in the fortunate position to have a number of referees who have the ability to officiate the grand final, but it's a competitive process and Adam is the best referee for the job based on performances this year and throughout the finals series. So well done, Adam G. I don't think anyone will have a huge issue with that. In fact, I think that was probably the most popular opinion. And who's your pick for the Dally M tonight? Who's going to win it? I'll go through a bit later on the leaderboard uh, when voting went behind closed doors. Uh, the two people that have been spoken most about, Sean Johnson and Caelan Ponga, Sean Johnson was in that leaderboard, but not at the top. Caelan Ponga was nowhere to be seen. So I'll go through that leaderboard after we have a chat uh, with Matty Cox. Uh, that's all part of our power play this morning. Don't forget the Makita XGT, the professional choice of cordless convenience, unmatched performance, innovation, and power without limits. Great grand final moments. Who's going to win the Daily M and anything else you want to talk about this morning on this Wednesday morning, 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. We'll take a break. On the other side of this, we'll speak to host of Tradies News in Melbourne, Matty Cox. It's 10 past five. It's 14 and a half past five. We're going to have a chat with Maddie Cox in Melbourne in just a second. Asking you this morning, your greatest grand final memories. Uh, what are some of the great grand final memories? The greatest sporting rivalries in terms of individual players in a team, maybe an individual sport. Would love to hear from you on that one. And as I said, I'll go through the Delhi M leaderboard after we have a chat with Maddie shortly. But who's going to take it out tonight? Who is going to win the Delhi M? Who deserves to win the Delhi M? Um, it was interesting, the leaderboard, which I'll go through shortly, when things went behind closed doors much earlier on in the year. Interesting to see what happens with that. one three hundred oh one one e 1170 or 0457 736 736. Let's go to Melbourne and have a chat with Maddie Cox. Now on SEN, it's time to trade towns. And a very good morning to you, Dan. Hello, Maddie. How are we? What an exciting week, grand final week in both the AFL and the NRL. Not something we get every year, the grand finals being on the same weekend as each other. No, or the same cities involved mm. for uh, one side of the equation in both of our competitions. The first time ever that Brisbane will have both an AFL side and an NRL side competing in a grand final in the same year. Yeah, and it was only, what, one or two points away from it being a Western Sydney grand final up against a Brisbane grand final in both codes, which would have been a unique situation. But no, at Brisbane, even though the grand finals in Melbourne and Sydney, and I know there'll be a lot of trip, uh, people travelling for both games, uh, Brisbane is going to be a very exciting place to be over the course of the weekend, one feels. Yes, well, we know that they can have a good time at the best of mm. times up in the, the Northern City. Good morning to all of our listeners currently through SENQ693, who uh, will have a 
pretty sore head, I'm suggesting, depending on how the results go come Monday morning next week. I would, I would say so. I, look, I think they'll probably have a pretty sore head regardless of whatever happens, to be honest. Yeah, well, that's true. And you, you – well, no – Queensland doesn't have a public holiday, do they? Uh, that is an incredibly good question, which I'm really glad you asked. I will find out for you. New South Wales definitely does. And, of course, you have the grand final holiday on the Friday, so you've got a public holiday in a couple of days' time. We do. We've got the parade, which isn't going to be on the boats like it was last year, which proved to be a bit comical mm. and uh, yeah, didn't go down incredibly well. They've got a new route for it to make its way to the MCG, so... Uh, yes, the festivities will kick off in earnest on Friday for us. And just uh, clarification, Queensland does have a public holiday. So it's Labor Day in New South Wales on Monday, but it's going to be the King's birthday on Monday in Queensland. So that public holiday uh, that New South Wales, and I'm pretty sure you guys have it, that middle part of the year in June and July uh, is in early October for Queensland. So yes, public holiday for the Queensland on Monday, which I think is going to be very important for them. Yes, yes, in particularly the recovery. Yes. Uh, last week, uh, some entertaining games. Let's start with the AFL because I have to say, I looked, I watched the Panthers-Melbourne game, um, but I was flicking a bit, and once the Panthers ran away with that game, I ended up going and watching more of the game uh, between Collingwood and GWS. What an epic game. It was. It was worthy of a preliminary final. Two sides that were desperate, two sides that wanted the opportunity to play off in a grand final. Collingwood, after having the heartache last year in the Harbour City, going down to the Swans by a point, getting over the line by a point 12 months later. And GWS, as we've alluded to in the last couple of weeks and maybe for the last couple of months as well, their, their story has been phenomenal. Of Coming from around 14th or 15th, I think they were on the ladder at the midpoint of the season to making a preliminary final when not many people expected them to perform this year. Yes, they still had some great talent on their list, but a new coach coming in, there was concerns about how that would all work together. And for the first part of the season, they did look a step or two off the pace, but they came roaring home with a wet sail and were so close, mm. so close to making a grand final on a Friday night. And they'll learn from that experience. They they had this belief. They had this confidence. And the kids, the young, well, I don't want to call them kids anymore, but there's mm. some young, talented players that an extra year or two of development won't harm what they're going to achieve in the future. GWS, they've got players across all lines that are so so solid they're so responsible for their own positions it's hard to see them dropping away in 2024 i'm very optimistic on what they can potentially achieve in the new year but collingwood they've been the team to beat all year and in these close encounters they always seem to find a way i think jesse hogan kicked a goal with about eight minutes to go to bring the scores to a point and that's where it stayed for the remainder of the grand final it was that hunger and desperation yes there were a couple of missed opportunities for gws you can also argue there were probably a couple as well from a, a collingwood perspective but they got the job done as they always have throughout the course of the year to Progress through to their first grand final since 2018 when they went down to the West Coast Eagles. Mm. They'll be hoping for their first premiership since 2010. And they're playing a team they played off 
in two grand finals in the early 2000s. Yeah. 2002, 2003, saw Collingwood up against Brisbane. 20 years on from uh, the last encounter that they both played together and both have travelled different paths to get here. When you reflect on the Brisbane Lions story, there's been some turmoil in amongst the last 20 years and Chris Fagan and what he's been able to achieve up at the Lions to turn the ship around and to bring players in to establish a successful culture. And, and then there's been the pressure on them in the last couple of years that, well, they're good enough, they've made finals, but they haven't progressed any further than a semi-final or a preliminary final. So there's been pressure on them to perform, but it's a far more mature-looking group this year. They look committed to the task, and it kind of gives me a little memory of Geelong last year where they just were determined. They were relentless in their pursuit of a premiership last year. They had that steely focus look about them. Brisbane, not to the same extent, but they've got the kind of similar feel about them as they head towards mm. Saturday afternoon at the MCG. And they had to fight back, didn't they, as well? I was watching that match. Carlton got off to a very good start, so they had to come back uh, early on, which they did and did successfully. Um, just back on the GWS situation, Adam Kingsley as well. I know you've got a bit of news on uh, him. Obviously, from a Sydney point of view, we've got the Sydney Swans, which we'll talk about uh, one of their players shortly as well. A bit of issue on Mad Monday, but uh, I think the more GWS get it to this time of the year, whether it be preliminary finals, grand finals, potentially winning a premiership, more of a chance for them to grow in the Sydney market. The Swans, as we've spoken about before, Maddie, the Swans still dominate the AFL market here in Sydney, but bit by bit, what GWS did this year and what they did a few years back when they made the grand final can only help them and the sport in especially Western Sydney grow. Yeah, and as you alluded to, Adam Kingsley, first year as coach of the Giants, he's claimed our AFL Coaches Association Coach of the Year Award or Senior Coach of the Year Award, which is named after Alan Jeans. After 16th, they finished 16th in 2022. To lead them to a preliminary final has been extraordinary. And they've they've won a lot of people over down south. Mm. I have to say, and I'm one of those, I have thoroughly enjoyed the way that they have played and you can only admire what they've been able to achieve in the back half of the season. And I dare to suggest I'm not alone of those that are a fan of what they're currently producing. But to your point, they need to sustain this now. For such a long period of time, I think we had these big star players that were a part of the GWS lineup and after a period of time when the, the success wasn't quite get there or the salary cap squeeze came on, they departed the club, which has made it difficult, I feel, for people to become attached mm. and to become loyal from a, a supporter-based perspective. Having said that, there are people out there, and we had a few last week call into the Bricky Show on 1116 SEN who were driving down the, the Hume for the preliminary final. So there are rusted on fans out there, but they need to sustain this momentum going forward and to keep relatively most of the, the players that are currently on their list mm. to ensure that they can give themselves the best chance of success. They've got a, they've got a slight feel to what Brisbane produced a couple of years ago. They've, they've got, they, they look the goods and everyone's kind of falling in love with them, but 
They need to sustain it over a period of time to ensure that they can maximise the opportunity they get with this generation. Yeah, and let's hope they do that. I saw a uh, story on the news, I think it was Friday, and I had a busload of GWS fans uh, were on a bus down uh, to Melbourne, made the trip early Friday morning, got there well, Friday afternoon, Friday uh, night to get to the game. So definitely support there, and let's see if they can continue to grow. So if I was to pose you an ultimatum, Dan, mm. if, if you had to choose between the two AFL clubs, what, which one would you be siding with? Uh, the two Sydney clubs? Yes. Uh, I, well, I would be the Swans, but uh, I have no issue with GWS growing. There's no hate. I know there is some rivalry between the Swans and GWS fans. I would be siding with the Swans, but that is also because I was brought up around the area the Swans play. Um, they've been around for a much longer period of time, but yeah, I have no issue with GWS having success. I think it's good for the sport, uh, good for that market of Sydney. Obviously, Rugby League does dominate that area, and I think Probably regardless, it will always dominate that uh, that area. But there's still no reason why we can't have the two sports uh, being popular and people choosing which one they want to watch. No, and the more the merrier, we say. Yes. Bring, them, bring them in. Now, your NRL grand final mm. situation, your, your Broncos story, I've been fascinated with this. And I think I spoke to Charlie a couple of weeks ago about it and, and mm. maybe even to you as well. But... Mm. From where they were three years ago, or mm. four years ago, wherever you want to put the, the flag on the map, but they, they were they were down and out. They, they were almost bark, basket case kind of areas. Is, is, that, is that adequate to suggest that, that they were a club that was down and out? They were struggling big time. And compared to what they were in the late 90s, early 2000s, where they were basically the dominant team of that era in NRL won competitions were in basically every final series and several grand finals too. Uh, the last premiership they won was back in 2006 when they beat the Melbourne Storm in the grand final. Haven't, uh, I don't, uh, Sorry, they've been a one grand final 2015 uh, since then and lost that in heartbreaking circumstances, but haven't been a regular part of a grand final and have been missing a lot of final series as well. Um, and then you even only, you don't even have to go back three years, Matty, just go back 12 months or just over 12 months where they were in the top four for the most part of last year until about round 18, round 19 and didn't make the top eight. Had an awful end to last season, and I've said, and I might have said it to you before, Manny, as well, is that I thought, and I think a lot of people thought coming into this year, how much would the back end of last year hurt them? How much would it scar them? Because we do see it where teams do stuff like that, where they have a tremendous year and then just slide, and it does affect them for a year or two, especially when you've got basically the same players. But it's done the complete opposite. Uh, they've been sensational to watch this year. Um they're attacking football. Their defence is good as well, but their attacking football is superb to watch. They're very entertaining. Um, and I think we've ended up, with no disrespect to any of the other teams in the finals and, of course, the other two teams that played last weekend, there's uh, stories in amongst them in particular with the Warriors. But I think we've ended up with the perfect grand final this year. The Panthers have been one of the dominant teams for the past three or four years. They've been at the top of the table all year. The Broncos with them as well, I think, this on paper it is going to be about 35 degrees throughout Sunday a bit cooler on Sunday night in Sydney but on paper this has the makings of a very good grand final an epic if both teams play to the best of their ability 
And, and the, the legacy of the Panthers shouldn't mm. be lost heading into this contest, as you just alluded to, the fact that they have been so successful. If they do claim the premiership, on the weekend, where will they sit in the great teams of the NRL? Well, I asked uh, my listeners yesterday about um, are they the greatest team in the NRL era? Are they maybe the greatest team ever? Because you look at it now, we had the Dragons uh, win 11 competitions in a row many years ago. Now, statistically, I do not think that will ever be uh, broken. Um, I highly doubt it will ever be broken. So, You've got to keep that in mind. But in the modern era, you've had some dominant teams. Clearly, right now, you've had Penrith. You had the Roosters go back to back a couple of years ago. And Melbourne have always been there or thereabouts for many years now. And even Brisbane uh, of the late 90s, early 2000s. But to make four successive grand finals in a row, um, to win two and then maybe potentially go three in a row is quite unbelievable because it was only four or five years ago, Maddie, that we were thinking that no team would ever go back-to-back again until the Roosters did that in 18-19. Now we've seen it again with Penrith and a potential to go for a three-peat. I think if they are to beat Brisbane on Sunday night, they would go down as the greatest team in the NRL era because no team, despite... Yeah, and, and I had this conversation yesterday. People say, oh, what if they played the Roosters of 2019 or the Storm of a particular year? You're never going to see that. So you've only got to go with statistics. And if they can get a three-peat, that's something a team hasn't done since the Eels in the 80s. So a big, big chance to make history the Penrith Panthers. And that legacy will continue. And I'll tell you what, Matty, I, I, that, I'm not going to say they're going to win premiership after premiership, but they should still be up there, barring any major... Uh, issues for the next few years as well. So whatever happens on Sunday, I don't think their run is completely over, but it has been an amazing run so far. Four grand finals in a row and potentially three victories in a row. It's a scary proposition Mm. for them to continue this roll of momentum that they currently have. Now, you have the Dally M Award being uh, presented tonight. Mm. Tell us who the favourite is, and then I want you to go into a bit of depth regarding how this is going to be voted for because our Brownlow medal, Mm. well, it's created a few headlines in the last 48 hours after Lockie Neal claimed his second ever Brownlow medal on Monday night. Yes, certainly has. Even made headlines uh, here in Sydney and also uh, clearly in Queensland. Yeah, so the Dally M tonight, they've changed the way uh, voting was done this year. Uh, players are now able to earn a maximum of six votes per game as opposed to just three. So instead of just having the one judge uh, from each game vote three, two, one, we're now in a situation where there's been two judges uh, all this year in each game. So potentially you could earn six points. You could be five points behind in the final round and earn uh, six points and win the Dell EM. That is what could happen, whether that does happen or not, I'm not sure. Uh, a lot of the talk, Matty, has probably been around two players. Um, Kalen Ponga from the Newcastle Knights, who was fantastic in the back end of the season. A big part of Newcastle's 10 wins in a row. He played in nine of them, um, and I'm pretty sure he would have polled votes in basically all of them. He was sensational. And Sean Johnson from the Warriors as well, the halfback, uh, who was, again, very good for the Warriors this year and part of them making it all the way to the preliminary final last weekend. The interesting thing, though, um, when votes went behind closed doors, and I'll go through the whole leaderboard uh, from my list is when uh, we finish this chat, but Kalen Ponga, after round 12, Kalen Ponga was nowhere to be seen, and Sean Johnson was on 22 points, which is eight points behind the leader after round 12. So 
Yeah, going to be interesting to see if it is Ponga or Johnson that wins it, or it might be another player that pops up out of nowhere or holds on. But they're definitely the two names being mentioned in terms of uh, potentially winning the Dally M a little later on tonight. And if uh, our result is anything to go by, it could be a little wild card because mm. Lockie Neal wasn't in the the top echelon of players that were considered to win it this year. Um, and even himself in the, the speech, he said he was rattled. He, he was unprepared. He, he, he didn't think that he would be winning it, let alone uh, going on to claim his second ever Brownlow. He finished runner-up last year to Paddy Cripps as well from the Blues, who only got the award after having his suspension overturned in the final round, which is all sorts of controversy for us down here. But yes, it was a very intriguing result, Lockie Neal, on Monday night. Yes, it does seem it. It's it's interesting, these awards night, isn't it? I, I have to admit, I that probably doesn't help the hours that I work, but I haven't really tuned into the Dally M's for the past two or three years, to be honest with you. I think, look, it, it's great for the players, uh, the individual players, obviously the one that wins the Dally M, the ones that get named in the team of the year. But I think there's the element of people that love the Dally M's and the Brown Line will watch it every year. And then I think from a fan point of view, there's an element of people that might take a bit of notice of it, but not overly bothered. But it is a great honour for whoever does win the Brownlow or the Dally M for all the hard work they've done throughout the year. Yes, it's an acknowledgement and it sits alongside of the other awards that are either voted on by the players or the coaches as well that are named earlier in the month. So mm. it certainly sits up there. In prominence, we can't conclude a chat, Dan, without talking about the Wallabies. And yes. quite frankly, the embarrassment mm. from uh, Monday morning our time mm. of what unfolded against Wales. When we went off air, mm. I'm assuming this was the case for you as well, mm. it looked as though it was, yeah, okay, it's still a potential mm. halftime. We were still within a chance and then they got absolutely smacked in the second half. What's the response been in your neck of the woods? Because I'm going to suggest, considering it's more the heartland of rugby union, what, what's been the, the take on the fact that this has just been an absolute disaster? Well, and you're right. I think it was 16-6 when uh, we went off air uh, just after halftime. I think it might have been halftime. And then, as you said, the second half went downhill very quickly. Uh, lots of talk surrounding Eddie Jones in particular. Of course, he was making headlines before the Wales game about this uh, thing where he had a discussion, apparently, with Japanese rugby just days, weeks before the World Cup began. And I don't think he really helped himself in the press conference afterwards where of course, the journalists are going to be asking him questions about whether he's committed to coaching Australia. And he said he was, but when he was asked uh, if he's committed to next year and beyond, uh, he just said he's committed to coaching Australia. So I don't know if that helped him, whether he's going to stay or go, I'm not sure. Look, we had this discussion yesterday. It was a big part of the breakfast show through SDN 1170 over the past couple of days. This has been coming for a while for Australian rugby. Um, the fact that we're not going to get through to the next stage of this World Cup is disappointing. Yes, we've still got one more game to go, but that's already basically been settled that they're not going to get through. But rugby in Australia, I think, has been struggling for quite some time. We haven't won the Bledisloe for, what, 20, 21 years now. Uh, the Super 15 or Super Rugby competition, whatever you want to call it, has been struggling for a while now in terms of prominence. Um, and as I think I've said to you in the past, Matty, uh, this year, that the two biggest storylines before this one with Rugby Union, because this has made the headlines for rugby, but probably not in a great way. 
um, was the fact that Eddie Jones came back as coach. Now, that's maybe a good headline, although he's now only won one out of eight games. And the other one was Joseph Sueli signing from another code to go to rugby union in two years' time. When the headlines are what's happening off the field and when the headlines are about a player that, yes, is a very good player, but he was he's only 18, 19 years old and it's happening in two years' time, you know there's some issues with your sport. What happens next, I don't know, but they've got to fix it and they've got to fix it very quickly because all the young people coming up and um, playing rugby union would now be looking at this and thinking, oh, do I want to play union? Would I rather go and play rugby league? So it's a really scary time for this sport in particular as well, Maddie, just quickly, 2027, we've got a World Cup here. So it's going to be a really important four years for Australian rugby to try and turn things around. Yeah, and considering the success of the Matildas, which is probably yeah. the most recent World Cup that we can go off that we've hosted. And that we can even go back to the cricket last year, even though we weren't successful, the Women's World Cup prior to that. We've been invested in these journeys and the way it's shaping, at least at the moment, it's hard to see it's being thoroughly invested in our Wallabies campaign on home soil, but there's four years mm. for them to change the course and the attitude of people towards the sport. Now, as I let you go this yes. morning, this time last year, we had uh, a bloke by the name of Robbie Williams perform at our AFL grand final <laughs> and he was such a success mm. that you went out and bought tickets to go and see him. Haven't which, seen him yet. No, is still in the in the off. <laughs> yes. um, have you bought any tickets to Kiss over the last couple of weeks? I'm just wondering. About six or seven weeks away until I finally get to see Robbie. Uh, no, I haven't brought tickets to Kiss. Funny you do ask that though, Manny. I um, know some people not not well, but uh, oh, hello. I know, no, no, I know of them <laughs> oh. that are massive Kiss fans who will travel when they come to Australia, and they've been to Australia a fair bit recently. They will go to every show right across Australia to watch them um, and get VIP tickets. So go backstage, go and meet them. I did ask them if they were uh, trying to get tickets to the AFL Grand Final, and they said, no, well, we're not going to do that because I think they're performing in Sydney uh, the week after next. So no KISS tickets. I would like to see them, but no, probably not. But I'll tell you what, good entertainment for you guys. I think, uh, I think I'll be watching it just to see what they're like. I was going to say, considering that we've gone out and got one of the biggest bands ever in the world, surely you've got the Rolling Stones or something performing at the NRL Grand Final this mm, weekend. Not quite. What we, we, oh. what, we, what we will have, though, Maddie, is Tina Turner the Musical. Now, yeah, uh, sorry. Now, yeah. Now, to be fair, uh, the tribute to Tina Turner was always going to happen because she was a big part of the game and sadly passed away earlier on in the year. Uh, but our main headline acts for the pre-match entertainment, to the best of our knowledge, there may be other special guests there. I don't know, but the only one we've been told about, as far as I know, is Tina Turner the musical will be paying tribute to Tina Turner. <laughs> Look. <laughs> Um, <laughs> i got nothing else. <laughs> Sorry, I, I can't say that I'll be tuning in for that. Oh, well, I, I, look, I actually think, Manny, now, I, look, I, I had the same initial response. First, like, uh, no, I think great that we are paying tribute to Tina Turner. I think that yes, is very yes. important. Yes. I think maybe we could have got someone else as well to go with Tina Turner, the musical. But you never know. The crowd might get up singing Nutbush City Limits and Simply the Best. What you get is what you see. It might get the crowd entertained, maybe. Riveting. Apparently they're very good, uh, Tina Turner the Musical. I might go and get tickets and see them, depending what happens on Sunday. Well, the way that you've described it, they're probably going pretty cheap at the moment. <laughs> uh, 
Thank you, Dan. Thank you. A bit like Keller Mills at the Swans. But I'll talk about that to, to <laughs> yeah, my well, listeners. That's, and, yeah, that's a very interesting. Good. And mm. the fact that it hasn't really been disclosed what kind mm. of post-season event Mad Monday. has been written mm. in the uh, the press release. Mm. Um, enjoy your great uh, – I won't ask who you're tipping because I know you'll probably give your tip in a couple of days' time. But you think it'll be a close game just quickly, the AFL Grand Final? Yes, I do. I think it'll be far more closer than what it was last year. And whoever wins, it's going to be a rewarding story for either team. Yep, and I'm the same with the NRL. I think we're in for a very close game. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you, Matty. Speak to you don't, next week. Don't, don't make purchases that are irresponsible. No, no, I won't. Regarding tickets. I won't. Thank I won't. You. Bye-bye. Good on you. Bye. Bye. Uh, <laughs> Paddy Cox in Melbourne uh, talking all things sport, a little bit of music as uh, well. Uh, what we'll do is we'll go to a break and then we'll check your texts as well. Uh, this one just uh, we said it was the King's birthday on Monday in Queensland. So Labor Day in New South Wales, King's birthday, Labor Day, uh, King's birthday holiday in Queensland. Text here from the Kingswood Welder. He says, happy birthday for Wally on Monday, as in Wally Lewis. Thank you very much, Kingswood Welder. Uh, we'll take a break. I'll go through the Delhi M leaderboard on the other side of this. Um, when it went behind closed doors, it is rather intriguing. And more of your texts asking you your great grand final memories uh, from years gone past in either the NRL or the AFL. You can also talk about great individual rivalries on a sporting field ahead of Jerome Luai meaning Reese Walsh again. And who does win the Delhi M tonight? Who are you tipping to take out the Delhi M? And are you going to be watching? You're going to be watching tonight the Dally M uh, on Fox League. 0457 736 736, the tech number. You can call the open line 1300 01170. We'll take a break. Back with more at 18 and a half to 6. 14 to 6. Traders juice in a nutshell. Don't forget Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12. And you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply to your text in just a second. Yeah, just on this Keller Mills story that we were talking to Maddie about at the end of our chat there. Uh, Sydney Swans midfielder Keller Mills has undergone shoulder surgery after a mad Monday celebration gone wrong. Uh, so Channel 7's Mitch Cleary, uh, one of their NFL reporters, reported on Tuesday night that Mills suffered a shoulder injury while wrestling with a teammate during the side's postseason drinks. Uh, Cleary also added Mills was in severe doubt to play at round one next year. Uh, the Daily Telegraph re reported later Mills had undergone surgery and was certain to miss the start of the 2024 season. Uh, the Swans confirmed Mills' injury on Tuesday night. Uh, the Sydney football boss Charlie Gardner said, losing players to injury in the off-season is always disappointing. Kellum is our captain and an important member of the squad. We are extremely disappointed this injury has occurred. At 26 years of age, Mills, he's played 155 games for the Swans. Uh, but has hurt his shoulder during Mad Monday celebrations. Uh, 13 to 6, 1300 Text here says, why don't the AFL get Meatloaf back? Uh, well, I'm not sure Meatloaf is available at the moment, to be honest. But, yes, that was uh, one of the more entertaining grand final performances. A bit like our Billy Idol. Well, at least, at least Meatloaf got to sing if you call that singing. Um, Billy Idol didn't get to sing, unfortunately, so that was sad. Thank you. Good text. I'll pass that on to Matty Cox. Um, this one from the Oval Treeman. Hi, Dan. My standout grand final moment was back in 2004 when the Bulldogs defeated the Roosters 16-13. The Andrew Ryan tackle on Michael Crocker in the last minute after he made a break and looked likely to score will always stick in my mind. Ryan, being a family relative, made it more special. That from the Oval Treeman. Yes, I remember that grand final 
very well, Yeovil Treeman. It was an epic grand final, wasn't it? Um, and the Roosters looked like uh, Crocker got the ball. I can't remember who passed it, but Crocker got the ball, and it looked like he was almost away. It's a great tackle by Andrew Ryan uh, to bring him to ground, and the Bulldogs ending up to win that premiership that year. Thank you, Yeovil Treeman. Big G says, good morning, Dan. Favourite grand final moments. 1991, the Panthers win their first grand final, but then the following week, Hawthorne won the AFL Grand Final. Great year. He also says Dalian winner tonight will be Sean Johnson. And on sporting rivalries, uh, he says, um, like that just has skipped that bit of the text. So I'll miss that one. So sorry. But yeah, so Sean Johnson to win um, the Dalian. Well, let's just go through the leaderboard when things went behind closed doors after round 12. So the leader after round 12 was actually Payne Haas. He was on 30 points. Then we had Nathan Cleary on 27. Harry Grant and Nico Hines, who of course won last year, Nico Hines on 25. Reese Walsh on 24. Latrell Mitchell was on 23. Ben Hunt, Cody Walker, Dylan Edwards and Sean Johnson all on 22. Now, out of those players, uh, Haas played most of the year. Cleary did as well. Uh, Hines uh, played the majority of the year, although was out a bit towards the end of the year. Reese Walsh uh, is not actually able to uh, win the Dally M, so you could rule him out on the trail. Mitchell basically didn't play after that, apart from the last couple of games of the year. So big chance for Sean Johnson, but Caelan Ponga, the other one, wasn't even in uh, the leaderboard after 12 rounds. But we know what happened in the last 10 weeks of the competition. And as I said with Matty, they can get up to six points a game now and not just three. One more text before a break. Good morning, Dan. The fact that in 2013, Sonny Boo Williams had a magnificent year but didn't finish in the top 20 of the Delhi in middle is just one example. Not to mention the results in the 2013, 14, 16 and 19 Clive Churchill medals. They are just some of the farcical results in those medals. And anybody who gambles on them is a fool or a mug. Thank you, Rooster Mars. Let's take a break. We'll come back and finish off with more text. It is 10 to 6, Tradies News in a nutshell. Five and a half to six. Don't forget, think red smoke alarms. Think red smoke uh, A couple of people have said on text, uh, good morning, Dan. Uh, this is from Dave. Good morning, Dan. Would be amazing if Meatloaf sang at the grand final considering he died last year. Yes, no, that's why I said he's a little bit unavailable at the moment. He will not be able to uh, sing this year at the AFL grand final. Arguably, he didn't sing when he actually did turn up to the AFL grand final. Uh, this one says, greatest grand final 2015 NRL Broncos versus Cowboys. I'm a Broncos fan and was there to watch. Uh, that would have been disappointing for you. Great grand final, but heartbreak for the Broncos. You never know. Might turn things around this weekend. Thank you uh, for that one. And this one from the Chookman. He says, hi, Dan. Meatloaf is no longer with us. Yes, Darren Albert trying 97 was a great moment in grand finals. Yes, that was my one. I was there for the 97 grand final, my first ever grand final that I was at in person. What a win by the Knights. Ford versus Holden, a great sporting rivalry. That from the Chookman. Thank you, Chookman. Thank you for all your texts today. Tomorrow on the show, we'll have a chat with Chris Perkins in America. And Paul Dennett will review and potentially preview the World Cup coming up after a pretty poor week for Australia in the cricket. Breakfast coming up. See you tomorrow morning from 5am.